set your alarm for Saturday mornings on KYMN for the Raider Wrap. Join me, Jimmy LaRue, at 10 o'clock each Saturday as I talk with area coaches and gather insight to the ins and outs of high school sports and activities. A.J. Reister will bring you up to date with all the scores and highlights of the week, along with one-on-one interviews in our segment of Meet the Raider. It's all right here Saturday morning starting at 10 a.m. on KYMN 95.1, The One. Real Radio, True Variety, 95.1, The One. Joining us now in our studios is uh, the uh, mayor of Northfield, uh, Rhonda Pownell. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. And City Administrator Ben Marty in as well. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. Uh, city Council meeting last night after, uh, boy, you a very busy March with all of the strategic planning sessions and such. Uh, you got back to the regular meeting schedule on this, the uh, first Tuesday of the uh, new month. and So you had quite a bit to, to go over last night. I want to start off with, I guess... Uh, um, the uh, the Froggy Bottoms situation, kind of don't really know how to describe that, but uh, their uh, liquor license uh, mm-hmm. was up for renewal last night, and the council mm-hmm. uh, ultimately voted on a split vote uh, not to renew that mm-hmm. license by a four to three vote. So yeah. uh, let, let's talk about that uh, a little bit. First of all, I guess, Ben, maybe you can kind of walk us through the procedure. This is normal. Every They have to renew that every year. Is that correct? Yeah, usually if it's an existing operation, it's a fairly straightforward renewal process. The council still has to do vetting, and we still do background checking and all of that. But the difference this year for um, the licensing related to Froggy Bottoms is they are they reorganized into a new business structure, so that triggers under state law uh, a new, a formally a new liquor license how, is how it's looked at. And uh, also requires a public hearing locally as a part of that um, new application. So they were, their application spire, expired at the end of March. Um, they had some uh, application, uh, took some time, and so the hearing was scheduled for the first meeting once that application was completed. Uh, and the council heard that uh, last evening. All right. Uh, Mayor, I guess we can talk to you. There was some lively conversation about mm-hmm. that, and a lot of different things were brought up as to why mm-hmm. or why not uh, why not uh, renew that license. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, I guess we can start off with, uh, with your take on mm-hmm. it, personally. So, usually when I'm in here, Jeff, I'm talking for the council as a whole and not as an individual, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's part of the mayor's responsibility. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to go that route, if you might. Okay. Um, I think the council really had some really good, solid conversation around this, whether or not we should grant this, what was really identified as a privilege of being able to have a liquor license as an existing business. And I think there was some concern there because of some decisions that were made at their Lakeville location, which is the same individual that owns a Lakeville bar and grill, Alibi, and... um, Ultimately, I think there were four people that agreed that because of actions that were taken in that location, that we should then not grant the liquor license for the Northfield location. On the other hand, there were also at least three of us that felt that because there were no liquor violations in Northfield and also whether or not it was justified to determine through the actions that were taken at the Lakeville location whether or not they had good moral conduct. I believe that was the statement in the chief's uh, background report there. So 
ultimately, I'm, I'm just really grateful for our council. They, there was a lot of deliberation there. People took it very seriously, and our city staff did a significant amount of background work. City Attorney Hood was on there. The applicant was also on there and giving uh, her perspective, Lisa Zarza. And uh, it was just very well done, very respectful, just uh, differing viewpoints on this. And I think ultimately, if the administrative law judge or the Department of Public Safety uh, commissioner at that state level, if they were to choose to uh, go in a different direction than what the administrative law judge recommended to them, uh, Braveheart LLC, Lisa Zarza, could come back to the city of Northfield and ask for a liquor license at that time. But at this point, the council uh, determined last night that uh, we should not grant that liquor license. And for those, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, for those people that are unfamiliar with the situation, they have uh, defied the governor's uh, order to uh, keep restaurants closed and socially distanced when they are they are open, and uh, they got a pretty big crowd in at uh, Alibi up in their Lakeville, Lakeville. Uh, restaurant and bar. Yeah. Uh, so that has been a, a topic uh, that has uh, got statewide attention over the course of the last. Maybe six months. I was thinking most of that happened or started around mm-hmm. uh, around Thanksgiving time yeah. or, or so. Uh, let's talk if about. If I could, just, yeah, Jeff, just one more do. thing. I think it just really highlights that if we had every business in the state of Minnesota or several more that defy the governor's orders, we would have an. It would be a mess. Uh, and it is really. It just highlighted again for me the importance of following the executive orders. It's important to keep order within our cities, and so we really need everyone's cooperation. When that happens, I understand where this business owner wanted to exercise their First Amendment rights, uh, but ultimately it, it has some costs to it, too, when we when we do that and defy the governor's orders. So um, just encourage everyone, please help us. All right. And obey the executive orders of our governor. Let's uh, move on to what's next. And uh, sticking with Froggy Bottoms, what, uh, where are they at right now? Is that something that they can appeal? Uh, would there be a, like a lawsuit involved? Will they be open without alcohol? Do they still have a restaurant license? Where, where are we at now, and, and what's the next step going forward? Yeah, Jeff, well, I'll explain what I know anyway related to where they are. So there was a decision to actually revoke the license at the state level. And that was, there was basically a confirmation process where it was reviewed by an administrative law judge that confirmed that decision. Um, So it revoked the license um, also because of some uh, court orders that weren't followed. They have a five-year license um, revocation at the state level. And if you have an owner that can't hold a license in Minnesota locally, you can't either. The issue, though, is is that for that to formally take effect, it either takes 90 days from that decision, which th- was the end of March, or the commissioner of public safety takes action. So um, should something change in that revocation, there could be a new application in the future. If they, if they for example, if they become eligible, it's a statewide level, um, it could come back to the city council with that as well. Um, so really it's in the hands of the uh, commissioner of public safety at this point whether or not there could be additional legal challenges i'm not sure at this point i guess that's more of a private matter that we didn't really get into at this stage but um uh, it as of now if it goes through unless something changes at the state level um, the council did act to uh, deny the liquor license here locally 
All right. Uh, once again, City Administrator Martig is with us, along with Mayor Pownell. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the Hillcrest edition, uh, Hillcrest Village uh, edition, uh, is uh, continues to go through the process of uh, becoming a reality. What was done last night? Yeah, so last night, and this is the Northfield Community Action Center uh, Emergency Housing Project. It's a development of seven lots. Uh, six residences with a total of 17 units. And if people aren't familiar, it's really, a, it, it's really, a, it's gotten a lot of attention outside of Norfield as well with the University of Minnesota Extension. I believe there was an article written up about it as well as an architect, architectural magazine. Um, it's at the corner of Highway 3 and Fremont. So just if you're going north out of town on Highway 3, it's just past the Dairy Queen there. And it abuts uh, Sheldahl Road, which is adjacent. That's the road that leads into Sheldahl. Uh, and it's just a, it's a redevelopment, I would say, and creating that emergency housing for people who need that emergency shelter. And so last night was that opportunity for the council to approve the preliminary plat. This uh, project has also been before our Housing and Redevelopment Authority, and I believe there should be some additional approvals, uh, such as the final plat and uh, potentially a more detailed presentation and opportunity for the council to consider some additional uh, financial support that we could offer the project in the future. But this is that first initial step for us, and we're hoping that they can get that project in the ground yet this year. Well, it's a, yeah, that's a big project, and uh, it has gotten a lot of attention. It keeps on uh, moving along. From the standpoint of, uh, you know, the administrative standpoint, for this to become reality, the, the mayor mentioned uh, hopefully this year they'll start, uh, you know, uh, moving the ground on that. But uh, what? how many steps do they have to go through now still? I don't have the full steps in front of me, Jeff. <laughs> I do know that the, this was okay. a big, I mean, as far as like the land development goes mm-hmm. and the regulation, usually the preliminary plat vets any significant issues with the council. The final plat's usually a bit more of a formality that comes back later to finalize that. I'm not 100% sure whether there are any okay. variances or challenges with the lot that are pending. Um, there could be some additional uh, pieces to that, but um I think this is a major step forward in that, and as the mayor said, uh, they'll be back again to talk about um, the project in a little greater detail. We got a little stressed for time last night, so um, the CAC amended their presentation a little bit to uh, to allow for for the rest of the agenda items get dealt with, knowing that they would be coming back again. All right, let's get to the rest of the agenda items. We've talked a lot about uh, police and uh, body cams, and that was... Um, confirmed yesterday, was it? Was it not? Was that yep. the final action? Yes, that was the final action of the council, and this has been in process for several years. I think Chief Monty Nelson was actually the first one to start off the conversation with the council. We've had some significant conversation around this, discussion, uh, presentation, background materials, lots of deliberation, pros and cons of implementing the body warden cameras. We also had an public comment opportunity at our previous meeting and all comments were public. I think there's still because of the the culture and the situation that we're in currently, I think there are some people still that are wondering whether or not it's the best way to go. But ultimately I, from my standpoint and I think the majority of the council really felt that 
it would provide an extra layer of transparency. The more uh, uh, cameras, both on the uniform and also with the Axon, the company that we're going with, it will also integrate with the cameras that are in the squad cars. So you're getting a fuller picture of what's happening in within any situation greater transparency and opportunity for training there too. So I'm really pleased that we're moving forward with this. I think it's really important that we equip our officers, all of our emergency personnel with quality equipment so that they can do their jobs. So, And that quality equipment uh, costs a little bit less than it used to. The uh, prices and the technology, the advancements within the technology make this a much more affordable proposition now than it uh, was maybe five years ago when we probably initially started talking about it. Maybe you can address that, Ben. Well, yeah, that's that's another reason why it's becoming so much more common out there as well to have body-worn cameras. We've had in-squad cameras in many police departments for decades. Um I mean, I've been in very, you know, pretty much an expectation that, that our squads have them. It probably started there because the technology could protect it from the elements. They had it, like, within the vehicle, like the, the hardware was there, and they were able to catch the video. It, it, technology has changed so much now that it's um, more affordable uh, to do that. And, again, the integration, we're going to still have those in-squad cameras that will be upgraded, and this also integrates to the actual, you know, boots-on-the-ground people as well. In, in this line of work, it's just... Um, they deal with so many challenging issues, just as the mayor said, from a standpoint of, you know, training, making sure we're doing good work, um, transparency when issues do occur, and then accountability if there are problems. Um, really, it adds another layer of that to kind of the professionalism of of police and the work that they do. So um, it was within budget. Um, I think it was about 35000 a year, roughly, that, um, that when you average it out of the cost of the camera and um and the uh, management of the data as well is about what it, what it came to. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, one final topic, and that is a uh, consideration, a discussion of uh, a charter amendment. And that mm-hmm. this uh, has to do with uh, the hospital board. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so the City Hospital Governance Committee, which has been working for at least a couple years now in terms of creation of the City Hospital Playbook, Uh, made a recommendation. The City Hospital Governance Committee includes representation from both the hospital board, city council, as well as our city administrator and the hospital CEO. And together, as part of our conversations and this actually walking out this new process where we have an interview committee that sits alongside the mayor and reviews uh, different applicants, it was uh, determined And I think I've seen this in previous years as well, and I'm in my fourth year of bringing forward appointments now, is that there could be some greater flexibility in terms of who could qualify to serve on the hospital board. Currently, uh, it allows for two members of a nine-member board to reside outside the city of Northfield limits, but still within the school district. And this is within the city charter. The City Hospital Governance Committee made a recommendation or request to the Charter Commission to consider, rather than two, adding one more person that could reside outside the City of Northfield limits but still within the school district. The second request was to allow an employed physician to be a seated board member. Currently, employees of the hospital are not allowed to serve right on the hospital board. Of course, we do have our chief medical officer of the hospital, as well as other uh, physicians that attend those meetings. 
but it's they don't have an actual seat around the board. And one of the things that has been requested is that we actually have someone that has that health and medical background perspective that is right there on the board. And we've previously been able to uh, have um, either retired physicians or somebody that's within that field, or uh, I think previously it was Dr. Munch, who is an optimist, ophthalmologist, I believe, at River Valley Eye Professionals. Hopefully I got that right. She was very faithful and served, I believe, uh, up to nine years or something like that. And so th- it's this creates some greater flexibility in terms of the number of people that we could consider for the hospital board. And so just really hoping that our Charter Commission will agree that it's a simple request and that we can move forward with this Hopefully, again, a simple charter amendment that would allow us to take these new changes into account with the new uh, board appointment timeline for the hospital board. Now, just to, to be clear, the way I'm understanding it, the number of members on the hospital board, the total number, will not change. That's going to stay the same. It's just who can fill those vacancies might be tweaked a little bit? Yes. Okay. Uh, where does that go next? Does that go down to the Charter Commission uh, for their uh, approval? Yes. So the uh, the Charter uh, the, the amendment process that we're pursuing, the most common one, would be for the Charter Commission would have to introduce an ordinance, and then they'd have to approve something by majority. It would then have to go to the council for a public hearing, and then the council would have to unanimously approve any amendment. So it's going to them in at the back to their May meeting. They have a committee that's been assigned. And uh, the new process that we have for the appointments that the mayor leads, uh, you know, the mayor leads the nominations and then appointments of our board and commission members. The process with the new playbook that we have with, that was developed between the city and the hospital has a process really kicking off kind of in June and July. Um, so timing-wise, if this were to move along, it could still hit that timeline mm-hmm. um, for appointment considerations uh, for next year. All right. About out of time. Anything else you'd like to mention while we have you? I believe we have trees for sale. Oh, yes. We do I have trees for sale. Yeah, we Rich do have had, trees a, uh, for sale. had a news item on that uh, today. Oh, that's, wonderful. I've bought many trees from the city of Northfield. That's a good program. Yeah, and I believe volunteers will plant them, weather permitting, I believe, on May 22nd. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I think it is May 22nd. So get out there, buy your tree. <laughs> Contact our website, I guess, or call into City Hall for questions if you'd like to do that. Um, They're good prices. They're a little larger uh, tree. And um, if you don't have room on your property, we also take donations for city uh, property as well. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, Have a a wonderful Wednesday. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Bardig. You're listening to 95.1 FM. This is Jeff Johnson. Join me for the KYMN Morning Show, weekdays 6 to 9, right here on your radio station, KYMN Nordfield.